Welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast. We had a nice nine-day break to recover um, and take some time off, but we're back, and it was a very nice match day this past weekend. Um, Oscar, uh, you've had some time to cool off from my Rice Hayden comment. Mm. How are you? I'm doing well. My uh, my dad backed me up on Twitter. He tweeted at us saying, uh, who's Isaac Hayden or something like that, which, uh, you know, West Ham's fans sticking together. I can't believe it's only been nine days. It's felt like a, like a solid fortnight, I would say, like a two-week break. Um, I didn't watch any international football. I actually, you know what? I mean, I do miss the Premier League, but I did enjoy like sort of detoxing from watching football. And I've been keeping up with March Madness and kind of getting into that, which has been really fun. And yeah, how have you been? Good. Uh, both of us probably have some brighter outlook um, on, you know, life in general, because we both got stuck by a certain vaccine recently. So we did. Yeah, very exciting. Um, yeah, it, it makes it feel. It makes it feel much more real that like does. there's an end yeah. in sight. Yeah, there, there's okay. A, hopefully, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, talking about end in sight, uh, you know, got to talk about football, uh, and the end is certainly approaching. We did not do any recap, um, which, or we didn't do any predictions last week, so we don't have to do any recap, which is nice, because um, I probably would have fallen further behind. You never know. Um, yeah, but let, let's start it off with uh, the shock result of the weekend, uh, and it was the, the first match, Chelsea 2, West Brom five um yeah unreal uh, completely unreal i i mean obviously no one saw this coming uh even thomas tu- well thomas tuchel said yeah i didn't see this coming uh didn't legislate for this in his post-match um i have here in my notes prior to this chelsea hadn't conceded a goal in the premier league for three months which uh is pretty astonishing um and yeah i don't know i have notes on this one i didn't watch it this um full disclosure listeners I barely watched any football this weekend. I was very busy and it took me all day to get the vaccine yesterday. Um, but, you know, I, I still, you know, I'll try. I'll try. But um, do you want to take the lead for this one or do you want me to go? I have decent notes for it, but if you watch you, it. Yeah. Probably... Okay. You take it and then I'll jump we'll in just riff at various you, points. You know, that, that smooth banter that we have. Um, all right. Yeah. So like I said, Chelsea hadn't conceded in a very long time prior to this match. Um, Thomas Tuchel opted for a three at the back, if I recall correctly, with um, with Zuma, Thiago Silva, and Azpilicueta on the back three, playing uh, Marcus Alonso, a, a rejuvenated Marcus Alonso at left wing back. Um, match started, and what I noted from the highlights package that I watched was that Thiago Silva sort of started off very rockily. Um, he he fouled. Uh, I can't remember which player it was in inside four minutes, um, and it was it could have been a penalty. It was it was right on the edge of the box. He sort of just hauled him over, um, and yeah, uh, the the play was very much um, prior um, to Thiago Silva's sending off in the 29th minute. It was it was very much um, all, all Chelsea as you might expect. Uh, Alonso hit a free kick off the post uh, about 20 minutes in, I think. And Christian Pulisic sort of bundled in this rebound for his first goal in the Premier League under Thomas Tuchel. Um, 
But then it, just a few minutes later in the 29th, Chaga uh, Silva got uh, his second yellow um, sent off. He goes straight through Yokuslu, um, and who the, the, the West Brom midfielder had basically sort of, he'd lined up for a shot just outside the 18. And he got the shot off, but Thiago Silva followed through in almost like a pincer, like tackle. The to, scissor. Yeah, yeah the... the scissor. Yeah. For no reason, honestly. He should never be making that tackle because Yokuslu is never going to bang one into the top corner. Um, it, was, it was a pretty ridiculous decision. And there was some protest from Silva, but he couldn't really do anything. And Thomas Tuchel was screaming at him from the sidelines. Um, and then sort of Chelsea, what they did to try and combat going down to 10 men was begin this counter-attacking system, um, which sort of worked for about... I mean, it, it worked for a solid 10 minutes. And then um, in, the, in the 47th minute, in the, in the second minute of extra time, first half, um, Pereira loops a ball over Mendy from this huge clearance by Sam Johnston. Johnston. Um, to equalize in the 47th minute. Did you think that that goal, by the way, was that an assist by Johnson or was he just clearing it? Like, did he attempt, did he mean to do that? I think yes. Because why would you clear it that far? Um, Like normally a clearance, like a goalkeeper clearance that far is like only if you're under Right, like I supremely think, under yeah. the cosh, um, because normally it'll just bounce through to the opponent's goalkeeper. Mm. Um, so the goalkeeper normally does like a shorter clearance to midfield, so you have a chance to knock it on and then yeah. get on with the play. Um, so I, I yeah, I yeah. give it to Sam Johnson. Yeah, well, I mean, for people who didn't see it, it was if that if that's intentional, then that's like peak Edison like vibes, basically from Sam Johnston, who's probably been West Brom's best player this season. Um, and so then, then West Brom started to pile on the pressure, um, sort of deep into this five minutes added on and Marcus Alonso, Alonso starts getting sort of just, they start targeting him because he's so slow down that left wing back role. He got burnt by, by Phillips who at one point sort of like stands him up and then almost curls one into the stanchion. Yeah. Um, I was, was I thought it was in. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, but then quickly after that, Pereira strokes. One in from inside the area um, after Phillips uh, blocks off some of the Chelsea defenders. Um, they, yeah, Chelsea capitulated. Uh, they tried to pass it out from the back and West Brom just put pressure on. And um, it, yeah, they went, they went in 2-1 up. And then it sort of continued. Well, Chelsea came out in the second half putting the pressure on West Brom. Um, Ajayi had to block one, uh, Marcus Alonso effort off the line. Um, but the hole started to open up, I thought, in in the Blues' defense. Um, Pereira almost got a hat-trick in the 60th minute. And then, um, to put them 3-1 up, uh, Callum Robinson scores this astonishing volley uh, after a great build-up play. Um, nobody picks him out from... Uh, nobody picks him up from inside the 18. Um, there was no one... There was no Kante, I guess, tracking back um, for the deep runner. Um, and then... Then it was a shock because West Brom started basically playing like tiki-taka football. It was like Brazil. Um, they were just dragging uh, Chelsea players everywhere in, in the opposition box. Um, and for the fourth goal, um, they sort of, they, it was, a, I guess you could call it a counterattack, except there was about seven Chelsea players running back pretty comfortably in defense. 
but uh, West Brom just passed right through them. Um, they dragged uh, a bunch of the defenders out to the left, and then um, Diagne just waltzed into space and slot slots it past Mondi after a couple flicks and just one touch football. Basically, it was genuinely brilliant. Um, I thought, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I have a question for you on this one. Um, the I watched only the highlights through NBC. Yeah. And the NBC commentator described this as one of the greatest team goals of all time. Yeah. Uh I mean I think Which might be a slight the commentator exaggeration. Away. I mean it was a great it was it was really really it was beautiful like build up play. And I think it's one of those things where it's like if Barcelona did that they would people would be going crazy, right? But it's obviously not one of the best. Uh build up like you know goals of that sort of all time that's that's a ridiculous statement um but it was it was a fantastic goal um mason mount made it 4-2 um as uh, timo Werner could have sort of slotted it in himself but he is obviously out of confidence and to be fair to him remain calm and sort of chop back inside and assisted instead but it wasn't to be uh for chelsea because Callum Robertson gets another right at the end um, for a super sensational 5-2 victory to West Brom. I think Callum Robertson has only scored against Chelsea, basically, this season um, because I think he got... Other seasons as well. Yeah, His three. scoring record against Chelsea is much better yeah. than anyone else by far. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 this was a great match uh, the first half of the season. If you remember, it was that 3-3 draw, and maybe this one trumped it. Um, and yeah, that, that's, sort of, that's sort of it. I think, I don't know what you think. I think this is probably too little too late for West Brom. But, um, I mean, yeah, a good, a good night for Sam Allardyce, I guess. Um, I will say, about the too little too late, mm. um, West Brom fans on Twitter uh, were making jokes about uh, how it's the the battle for 18th between Newcastle and West Brom. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. Which hurt, but I mean, it's yeah. so good that I have to give it props. Um, something I've talked about a bunch of times on this podcast, um, and like you know how I hate you know the big six, and I hate mega investments in squads. But then I've been talking about how Chelsea. They invested whatever their two hundred and forty million entirely into their front line, um, yeah. And once again, we see this like calamitous defensive performance. Um, also, Jorginho and Kovacic both played poorly, um, which might be they did. They it's were a rare occurrence that they yeah, played Conte poorly. picked up a hamstring injury on on France juicy. Um, but yeah, Ziyech was horrible. Um, Christian Pulisic was meh. I, yeah, all around really bad performance by yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what their saving grace in this match is. Well, the saving grace is that Thiago Silva got sent off. So, I guess um, maybe. I mean, it would be interesting to know if Thomas Tuchel like. I I don't want to be because obviously he's a he's a experienced coach and he's an, he's one of the best in the world. But, you know, you, you sort of think that uh, the Premier League isn't like a lot of the other leagues in Europe. The, the side second from bottom isn't usually going to tear you apart, even if you go down to 10 men. And I wonder if Thomas Tuchel just didn't react properly to going 
down to 10 men. But I mean, you know, obviously we saw with the 9-0 Southampton, I think the fact that there's no fans means that it's it must be very difficult for these players to be able to deal with going down um, down a man or two because it already must feel like kind of a training game for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, in the wider context of things, I don't think this match really means anything. Um, West Brom, what they're going to get relegated is just, are they going to go in 18th or 19th? And uh, Chelsea, I mean, it has some implication for them, but not because Tottenham also failed to pick up a great result. Um, all it really does is eke Liverpool closer and closer. Um, hey, so. what about West Ham, huh? You guys were already doing fine. You, you guys win your game in hand, you're back up into fourth. So. We are back up into fourth. Yeah, but no, I think this is this was massive for Liverpool, um, who I'm sure will probably sort of end the season strong, and uh, now they're right back in the top four race. So, all right, um, that's enough about Chelsea, who we well, hate. Oh no, please. We'll actually to... go. No, we'll go straight oh, yeah. into like talking about Liverpool. Yeah, let's talk about their three 0 win over Arsenal. Oh, Yes. Um, this match started in supreme controversy mm. uh, in the first minute, or less than the first minute. Uh, Allison should have been given a red card mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for that awful facial hair he has right now. Oh, no. Um, it's bad. Like no, he's, lo- what I would say is that he's channeling, like, the, that's what all the goalkeepers used to look like in, like, the 50s. He's channeling that. Come on. That's awesome. It was horrendous. Um, but this was the, the match of the week, um, which I disagree with. Um, I don't get why watching some injury-ridden team playing a mid-table team is the match of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it I, thought, I thought there were better ones to pick, um, but just because it's, you know, the, they were both big in 2001, I guess they get picked. Right. Um this uh this it was i saw the lineup come up and i was like oh my goodness this is a battle of two really bad defenses um arsenal with tierney gabrielle holding and chambers which is atrocious uh and then liverpool with robertson kabak phillips and trent alexander arnold um and you got some good attackers in there. No good defenders. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. We're going to get a 4-4 or some ridiculousness. Um, yeah. But then, no. Arsenal only made it into the Liverpool box one time, I believe. They were dreadful. Um, they were so Just dreadful. woeful, uninspired performance. Um, I really... I, at one point, I thought Arsenal were going to get up towards the 7th, 6th, like pushing for Europe. Yeah, they're they're firmly. If this is what how they're gonna play, they're not gonna do it. Um, And uh, yeah, pretty much every single statistic Liverpool dominated. Um, Just there's not much more to say other than a complete Liverpool win. Um, Yeah, Diego Jota, of course, scored twice. Twelve goals in twenty matches in all competitions this season he's like a machine for them for some reason um the other goal was uh from salah um who i don't know what gabrielle is doing he 
once he got beat, he just kind of stood there. Leno got megged. Um, yeah, it was a great goal, though. Very calm from Salah. Yeah, but I mean, like, that doesn't happen with a competent defender. Um, oh, yeah. But whatever. Yeah, Salah's great. Um, I think I it was think a beautiful performance. Showed his, showed his age yeah, in this match. Because we kind of, we can forget, I think, he, you know, he's 23. So it's just he's very young. Um, yeah, no, uh, I got him mixed up with Pablo Mari. I was like, isn't Gabriel like 27? But no. Yeah. Pablo Mari is the 27 year old. Yeah, he's like 27. Um, I don't have no, much yeah. else to say about this match. Yeah, I think, yeah, props to Diogo Jota. Um, I thought that the, the holes between midfield and defense for Arsenal were pretty telling because Erdegaard was having to try and track back, and that's just not what he does. So that was a disaster for them. Um, yeah, it was, I think, look, I think for the first goal, um, it was a Trent Alexander assist for Jota, who was off the bench um, again, ahead of goal. And I think, I think, to be honest, for that first one, Jota's movement and the ball in was so good that you probably can't even point the finger at the, the defending. But for the second two, the defending was absolutely tragic. Um, the third one was practically walked into the net. I think just to wrap this one up, I have a question for you. And, and that is, who did Liverpool sell this summer? Who, who would you sell if you were Liverpool this summer? Because this team is, it needs, uh, we've said it a bunch of times, but it needs to be rebuilt, basically. Um, okay. Yeah. Who am I selling? Who would you sell? Who would you sell? Okay. Kabak goes on loan. Yeah. He's got to... Well, I mean, he's already on loan to them. They don't even have to buy him. Oh, it's, I thought it was an obligation. I don't think so. So, um, just like don't pick him up, basically. So, I would get a world-class defender to put next to mm. uh, Virgil okay. van Dijk. Yeah. Um, I think, although unless you're confident in Joe Gomez, you know he can be, he can do well enough um, if he's next to a world class center back. Yeah. Um, other than that, don't touch your back line. Um, okay. Yeah. Don't so, don't cash in on any of them. Midfield, I don't rate Tiago. Um, really. But they're not going to sell him no. after they got him for so cheap. He, he's Um. I don't know about like having to sell, but I, I I don't know Liverpool's financial situation. But if Sadio Mane or Mo Salah gets snapped up by a bigger club, um, I would sell. Although Bobby Firmino, I think he has to go. Okay, Liverpool are, are like they've got some weird thing going on with Fabinho. They think Fabinho is like the the key that makes it all work together. Fabinho or Firmino? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Firmino. Yeah. They, um, they, they need to sell him, I think. I think they need to get money for him now. Because I was taking a look at his numbers this season. This is why I posed this question. And it's like, you're, you're right. Liverpool have this like thing where it's like, oh, he's the key. But ev- everything, everything he's, he's just performing like uh, not a shadow of his former self but just he's not doing what he used to do his pressures are down his chance created are down his goals are down his assists are down his uh, the the amount he runs down uh 
the the amount of time he's on the ball down. Like it's just, I think they need to sell yeah. him, and I, I yeah, just reinvest, get in another striker, maybe. I, I don't know, but I think I think they need to rejuvenate that front line anyway because Diogo Jota is so good. Like, why wouldn't you play Diogo Jota in front of Firmino at this point? You know. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get any arguments from me. Um, no. I don't rate Firmino, but like, Lord forbid anyone recommends you drop him. Um, I think Liverpool Firmino, fans are like rabid about him. Firmino's only missed 20 games for Jurgen Klopp in the past, like 253 available or something insane like that. Um, and I won't like Firmino is like a like a classy player. I think I I I, I love him, but he's just like declining i would say and i think they they should probably moving on move him on um anyway yeah. wynaldum is wynaldum yeah he's on a free. all he's, good for gone right yeah he's leaving on a free um apparently i i i don't know why like you'd pick him up i don't know if he goes to barca i don't know what the hell barca are playing at but um it just makes no sense um but yeah i don't know maybe we'll just see him sign a new contract i mean he's very important for Klopp, so you know, I don't know what you do with a player of this age, though. I just think that's a bad investment for Liverpool because he'll demand like a three-year contract, and then you just see that you know the decline is for players of, of that age is it can happen so quickly. Yeah, um, Genie Wijnaldum, he's got a weird place in my heart. I love Genie um, Wadalman. I mean, he's a great player. Yeah, I, I just, he gave I up on Newcastle though, so yeah, I never yeah, well, do you really forgive him? him. I don't really. It, that's the thing. Like, sure, it's not his fault, but like, it would have been nice to see him give a rat's ass. All right, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Bringing it into Newcastle. Yeah. Um, next. Let's well, talk about. Uh, yeah. Let's let's quickly talk about a. Uh, a blown lead um, mm. before we talk about the blown lead in the Newcastle match. Uh, Burnley 2, Southampton yeah. 3. It was a great game. Um, I'll go, I can go through it quick. Um, there were changes to Southampton. Minamino and Che Adams, likes of those players, are on the bench, uh, although they had been traveling playing uh, international football, so I guess that makes sense. I think the big, the big highlight for me here is um, Danny Ings. Uh, back to his best driving at players, picking up pockets of space. Southampton were playing this really dynamic front four. Um, that didn't stop them from starting horribly, however. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters gave away a penalty um, early in the game uh, when he just went through uh, Eric Peters for essentially no reason instead of focusing on the ball. Chris Wood just absolutely weddies the penalty and absolutely fucking love Chris Wood. What a player. Um, and then uh, second goal was a completely shocking defending. Um, Chris Wood flicked on a a, a, a ball um, that was sort of root one stuff from inside Burnley's own half and then Vidra to be fair smashes it in from inside just inside the 18 I think it was on the half volley very big man missile man vibes in that play but um, from the 30th minute onward uh, it was basically just all Southampton. Um, it was just the the to go two one. It was this lovely flick from Danny Ings, who sort of like uh, backheeled it into a corridor, uh, and Armstrong latched onto it, strokes it past Pope, thirty first minute, 
And then Danny Ings scored this um, absolutely brilliant goal. I, I hope you've seen it because he receives the mid ball, the the ball sort of like midway through the opposition's half, and he ran straight at Bernie's defense, and then he chopped to deceive Tarkovsky, who just slid right past him and like smashed his head on the floor. Very embarrassing. And then he kind of just passes it into the net. It was a great goal. And then um, to get the winner, uh, Redmond scores this great volley from a Walcott looped assist. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, Southampton smashed the bar. Ings had something cleared off a line. Pope made like two or three incredible saves. For a period, Southampton looked unplayable and you could see why they had been top of the table. Um, it's been an odd season for Southampton, but you know they they played uh, they played well um, for sixty minutes in this match, and um, I will end this little recap by saying I think that Manchester City should get Danny Ings. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, why not? Although we've seen what Danny Ings does in a big side. Well, um, no, but we haven't though, actually, because he got horribly injured, and that's why we haven't seen. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, no, it's, it was the injuries. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I like Danny Ings. Um, so good, so good on his. The day. thing is, you just know he's gonna be like incredibly hyped. He wants to leave Southampton. Mm. He's gonna move for thirty plus million. No, he's gonna go on he's a free. Not going. Oh, is he? Is his contract yeah. up? Contract is up. Never mind. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Maybe. I mean, his contract is up next summer, but he'll go like on a nothing because they'll they'll want a fee for him. So, yeah. Um, and I Danny Ings to Barcelona. Oh my God! How just amazing start that listing. Yeah, just the list clubs with no money. I think. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think uh, Danny Ings is a no-brainer for City, in my opinion, unless they get Holland, obviously. Um, but yeah, anyway, we don't have to discuss that. That we can save that for the summer. We'll do a special, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. We're gonna need something to talk about. It's gonna be great. Um, all right, moving on to another mm. blown lead. Um, mm. and honestly, both teams blew leads in this match. Um, mm. Newcastle two, Tottenham two, lads. It's Tottenham. Uh, yeah. they continue their. St- strange form like i guess they're in decent league form um but you know the the arsenal result and the dinamo zagreb results are certainly some uh black eyes on it uh this match honestly started with the best i've seen newcastle play i believe this entire season um the, it was the a reversion played- made me believe they can stay up sorry that's the same that's yeah it was a good enough performance i think if we can replicate it we have a decent chance of staying up um it was a reversion to the five at the back um Mm -hmm. which is something we've seen quite a few times this season pretty much every time we get shellacked the next match will follow up with a five at the back um but it certainly worked. It was really strange decisions by Tottenham. Um, from the first whistle, they sat off Newcastle, um, like did not pressure our midfield at all, which is really weird because we had John Joe in the midfield um, and like 
the only time he'll look good is if you give him all the time in the world. Um, but it started right before the half hour mark with that man, Joe Linton. He loves scoring against Tottenham. Uh, a very clean finish, um, but just absolutely woeful defending. Um, I don't even know. I don't know where the Tottenham defense was. Uh, Joe Rodon was the only uh, player in the box for Tottenham, uh, and he was a good seven meters away from Joe. So, yeah. whatever. Um, I'll take a one-nil lead. Uh, yeah. Although it lasted for ninety seconds, uh, they basically hoofed it up the field from kickoff. Uh, it like got clear half cleared once back um it was just then played into harry kane and harry kane bundles it in um just painful i was like in the middle of texting you like i texted you uh he loves scoring against tottenham or something and (laughs) by the time i had to send harry kane and scored yeah uh and then not to be outdone he uh doubled the Tottenham score uh, four minutes later, although it felt immediate. It felt like deja vu. Um, I was concerned my stream had glitched and had gone back and was accidentally replaying the first goal. Mm. Um, Sucks, um, but that's life as a Newcastle fan. Uh, Don't go ahead. Only score late. That's the only way good things will come. And in that vein, Joe Willick off the bench um, scores in the 85th minute, but my God, he tried to miss. Uh, he barely put that goal in. Uh, he tried to <laughs> miss the... Uh, he essentially put it into the roof of the net from six yards out um, and hit the, the po- or hit the crossbar. Um, and I was really worried that he had, it was going to come out, do that thing where it bounces up and down and up and down and then out again. Um, but yeah, it was a, a two, two draw in a match that was considered a must win, um, which yeah. is a reoccurring theme for Newcastle. We keep getting these, this is a must win. This is a must win. Yeah. Um, and then we draw, um, and spirits are high on Tyneside. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. Because be, well, just, you know, beating a quote top six team, yeah. um, okay. in the fashion that we did, it was dramatic. Newcastle played well, but I think you have to look at it in that, yeah, we played well, but Tottenham were terrible. If Tottenham had even remotely shown up. I think it it goes to show how important this was for you because you just said beating a top six team, but of course you drew to a top six team. It feels like a win, I guess, to get a point. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. The thing is, it should have been four to zero um or maybe four one um we rolled over them um one of harry kane's goals was absolutely like gifted to him um and uh, although he did hit the bar um in a time that i thought they were gonna go three one up um newcastle was full of missed opportunities um, especially dwight gale he was horrendous um so was yeah, I'm trying to think who else was very bad. Emil Krath wasn't great. Um Paul Dummett, you know what you're gonna get from him. Um but shout out Matt Ritchie, returned to the starting lineup and absolutely balled out. Um I love that little man. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Good. Yeah. It yes. was, uh, I was happy to. Uh, I did watch this game actually, and I was happy to watch Newcastle pick up a point. Big, big point. Um, Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you like to go next? Or do you have any follow ups on that? I don't have. Yeah. I don't have any final remarks. Um, just it's very rare that like after a Newcastle match, I'm in a good mood. But yeah, it's um, nice. Um, yeah. uh, I I hope I'm nervous actually. Sorry, not to make it about West Ham, but I'm kind of you know they haven't played in so long. Um, because we we played sort of an early game before the weekend of the international break, and so it's been ages since we played. And um, I I'm just hoping that we put in a good performance against. Against Wolves tomorrow, I'll be watching. Yeah, um, I've told you this, but for the record, on putting it on the pod in yeah. recorded history, West Ham will beat Wolverhampton. Oh, I love your enthusiasm. Um, as a West Ham fan, I fully believe it. I, I don't think it's nailed on, but um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Um, all right, let's talk about one more match before we get into yeah. other things. Um. Mm-hmm. Aston Villa 3, Fulham 1. Um, And this is also partially why Tyneside is buzzing. Um, Yes, bad day for Fulham. Real bad day for Fulham. Um, They had a huge opportunity that they could have gone above Newcastle um, and ended this match day out of the relegation zone, um, which many people pegged way, 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 way back when that... Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield were 100% guaranteed to be the relegated, and they were never going to get out of the relegation spots. Um, And Fulham nearly had that opportunity going 1-0 up um, through, it had to be, Alexander Mitrovic, um, who is on fire for Serbia. Mitro, um, yeah. And, you know. Serbia's all-time top goal scorer now. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Although you only got what thirty something years of history. Um, yeah, but he's so only. It's not like he's got. So. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and and he's and he scored forty-one goals in sixty-four appearances. That's an astonishing record. That's crazy. I love Mitrovic. They. This is another one where um, I don't know what stream I was watching, but. Uh, mm whoever the commentators were, they were talking about how Alexander Mitrovic was terrible for Newcastle and like he found, he had such a hard time. I'm like, Alexander Mitrovic was a baller for Newcastle. The thing yeah. is, he every three games would get suspended. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's played he's a like, lot. Yeah, he, he's, but, sorry, go. Yeah, he was like a 19-year-old for Newcastle. It, that's um, the crazy thing. He's been playing... Alexander Mitrovic, I was they were profiling him um on the BBC. He's been playing since he's 16. He he made his professional debut in 2011. He's only 26. So it's uh, you know, he's played a ton of football. I mean, he's a super experienced player and he's not even old. Especially for his I mean, he's slow. He's super slow. But you know, it, for his profile striker, he's got I mean, he could play for another 10 years. Um yeah. so he also yeah. He was six foot three and fully bearded by sixteen. Yeah, he was a. Uh, he's a big. He's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is, he's definitely filled out his frame. He is one scary looking dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, he uh, started the scoring uh, in right after the hour mark. Um, and this is like, if we're looking at a graph of Newcastle optimism, uh, you know, it bottomed out right about there. Yeah. Um, but then, so I actually turned this match on in like the 55th minute, maybe. Um, so I got to experience the low lows and the high highs uh, because after Mitro goes one nil ahead, uh, Villa said, okay, it's time to, uh, <laughs> let's actually play some football here. Um, Trezeguet, uh, a player who I actually really like, despite him playing for Villa, um, balled out in the last 15 minutes. Um, he scored twice in three minutes um, and got the hockey assist for the Ollie Watkins goal. Um, I don't know. So, okay, so let's wind back time a little bit. Um, Villa are only 1-0 down to Fulham because of their own fault. Um, Tyron Mings with uh, the short back pass. Um, and nice feet from uh, Mitro to uh, drop the goalie and tuck it in. Um, then, like, I don't know if this is capitulation from Fulham. Um, it is in the technical term because they were one nil up and then they ended it three nil three one down. Um, but I don't really know, like I wouldn't say they changed the way they played or Villa were that much better. It was almost just that the chances for Villa went in. Uh, I don't know how much you watched, but I didn't, uh, I, I had it on in the background, but I had, to, I was concentrating on, um, on something else. Um, I think, I think the, the, the pivotal moment was Trezeguet coming on, right? Uh, he, he changed this game. And I think it was really his endeavor and his skill that pushed Villa over the line. Um, so I think, I, I get where you're coming from, but I'd sort of just give, I think I'd just give props to, to him. And then uh, Keenan Davis came on and offered much like presence up top. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, all I'm saying, I was just watching this match. I was like, oh, it seems like uh, they heard me tune in. And then they're like, mm -hmm. okay, now we're going to play well. Um, just for Blake. Yeah, but uh, this match day also saw um, Leeds beat Sheffield, where Leeds were much better, but only won by one goal. Right. Uh, Man City beating Leicester City. Um, in a quite fun win, but in the end, it just turns out to be a, a routine victory for Man City. Um, and we also saw Manchester United come from behind and beat Brighton um, in yes. a match that saw like Brighton in the second half were atrocious. Um, they were, yeah. Well, they were just yeah. overstretched. To be fair, I mean, you know, it's, it's Man U. They're a good side. Danny Welbeck scored, though. Yeah, um, I will continue to slate him. I still don't rate him. Um, oh, I love. Danny I hate Warwick. that guy. Why? No. Oh, he's a great player. Just so he's not a great player, but but he he no, it's just his injuries. It's like he's one of those players who's gonna have like this really sort of like decent career, but um, the injuries have just it's, he's a what if player because he would have been a world beater if not for for his time on the on the sidelines. Um, 
Yeah, it wasn't. I had that one in the background too. It wasn't a great game. Uh, Mason Greenwood got the winner. Um, yeah, he was kind of just he's having. Sorry, go. Mason Greenwood having quite the poor season. Terrible season. If you think back to me texting you and you texting me and saying Mason Greenwood is the real deal and me saying, uh, I don't know, pump your brakes. He is like, the real deal. It's been no, half a season. I don't even care. He's 19. He, he is the real deal, for sure. I think, well, no, okay, not for sure, obviously. I mean, maybe in uh, 20 years when we're still doing this pod or our children are. Um, maybe, you know, they'll be going, ah, a, uh, a wonder kid who burnt out. Mason Greenwood, uh, where is he now? Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, and that's all the the matches that have gone on so far. We're recording Sunday night, so we have not yet experienced Everton, Crystal Palace, or Wolves, West Ham. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, certainly for you. Uh, Trying to reclaim your Champions League spot. Um, So are you ready to get down to our predictions for next week? Please, let's do it. I'm ready. Okay, I actually... Need. Uh, I don't remember how to do this. What is? I'm going back in time. I want to see. Uh. Okay, there we go. All right, the first match that we need to predict is Fulham Wolves. Boom. Uh, Fulham Wolves. Damn, I actually have to make predictions. Oh no. Um, 1-1. Uh, I'm going to go Fulham 1-0. Um, Don't do that to yourself. I, no, I, I told you I have, a, I have a friend who's a professional. Their name is uh, Phi, last name V38. Uh, nice. And I've been using them <laughs> to help me make my predictions. And they're fully backing a Fulham win. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, is that cheating? So, is that cheating? No. To, to use five thirty. Yeah. I don't know, Blake. All right. I um, never. I never disclosed the rules. I only use blind, it to blind. Just the gut. You know, gut knowledge I have. Um, Man okay. City well, Leeds. what's your gut? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, what's your gut say about Man City Leeds? So, yeah. This was a. Um, uh, I think Pep Guardiola will overthink this one actually. So I'll go for a narrow City win um, because he's like obsessed with uh, Marcelo Bielsa, and it was a. It was, wasn't it a draw last time out? Ah oh, man, you're trying to get my uh, trying to get my footballing knowledge. Um, it doesn't even come up when you Google it. Uh, I think it was nil nil or one one nice. or something. Um, it was like a really great game. I didn't watch it. Everyone was expecting like a six four game, but it was a tight game, very tactically uh, pleasant to watch. Although I mean, City have improved since then, so. Um, it was it, one it could, one. Yeah, it could be that they just blow them away, but I think this is a classic. Like Guardiola overthinks it. Plus, obviously, they have the Champions League in midweek. So, uh, next up is Villa Liverpool, and I will go. Um, I think Liverpool are having resurgence. Villa aren't amazing. I think they'll give them a good game. I'll go three, three two one, two one three one two one two one three one three one to Liverpool. Why not? Yeah, I. Uh... I'm tempted to guess the the second half of the seven two, um, but I will go. Uh, man, you picked a three one. I'm gonna go two nil. 
will win for Liverpool. I think Villa aren't that good right now. Um, Chelsea, Crystal Palace. I think the well, so without Thiago Silva, I think Chelsea will grind out, grind out a one nil. I'll go one nil. I would. I hope. Like, I wish we made this prediction tomorrow because I'd like yeah. to see how Palace play. Mm. Um, but yeah, not to copy all your <laughs> all your predictions. I'll go for a Chelsea two 0 win. I uh, I'm gonna go back to City Leeds and I'm gonna pick. Th- I'm gonna do- go crazy. I'll go three two for to City. Um, just for the fun of it. Burnley Newcastle. Okay. Oh, this is a big game. Oh, Blake. I don't know about this one, man. Burnley are good. Burnley are good. You and go Burnley first. Motivated. Do I have to go first? I feel so bad predicting a Newcastle loss every bloody week. I think this could be a draw. Okay, I'll go for a draw. I'll go a one-one draw. Um, Burnley are a team that certainly know how to frustrate Newcastle. Um, yeah, see, that's that insider knowledge. Yes. And my computer is flipping out right now because I tried to click on a different tab. But here we go. Okay. Most recently, this is what Newcastle versus Burnley looks like. Okay. Win, draw, loss, win, win, draw, loss, draw, draw, loss, win, draw, loss. Over and over and over and over again. Um, Mm. So following that pattern, I have to predict a Burnley win. Um, and I'm going to go one nil Burnley. Um, nice. Although I think very well, this could end up being a draw, um, especially Callum Wilson might be back, which will be nice. So um, West Ham, Leicester city. Uh, as you know, I always go for a draw, but in this case, I think a two, two draw is actually quite realistic. Um, I'm that's very confident for me. Leicester, I extremely good. Uh, it's a big game for us. So hopefully we can pick up a point at least. Yeah, my friend Fi says that uh, West Ham are favored. Well, that's because um, we destroyed them last. We literally like it was so easy. It was one of the easiest victories we've we've had this season. It was very strange. We just blew them away. Um, it wasn't it wasn't even a contest. So hopefully we can replicate that. But you've gone for a loss. <laughs> uh, a one nil win for Leicester City. Um, I don't know. It's wow. That's yeah. Crazy. Yep. You don't the think thing we'll is, score like against Leicester, I think we could score against. So, so uh, honestly, like once you say draw, um, I'll just go for the lowest scoring win. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, what, it, there's no sense in predicting a uh, like a four three. Like, no, there's not. just they don't happen that frequently. It's much more likely it's going to be a one nil. Yeah, um, you're right. Uh, Spurs, Man U. Spurs, Man U. Oh, Spurs, Man U. Yeah, the Mourinho derby. Kane, Son to be back. This is a hard one to predict. Yeah, Man U definitely. are burnt out, man. They are really are burnt out. Um. Ah, oh, I hate this. This Spurs is so unpredictable. I'll go two two again. I think that's not a bad prediction. Not a bad prediction. Yeah, this is a a tough one. Um, yeah, it really is. Because Tottenham Manu, aren't great. Yeah, but Manu every time you think Man U are good, every time you think Man U are good, 
they yeah. fuck it up. Man, you are, I think, objectively a better side than Tottenham. I mean, obviously, because that's what the table says, but they're definitely better than Tottenham. But when you have Harry and Son in your team, like they can beat any team in the world. That's how good those two are. Um, but yeah, what did you go for? Uh, a 2-1 win for Manchester United. Um, the, that horseman will score like an 89th minute winner. Cavani, oh, he looked, he looked, he looked every bit his thirty-three years against Brighton today. I yeah, apparently he he's very unhappy in Manchester. He wants to go back to Argentina. So, yes, I, mean, I, I don't blame him that. because Manchester is a terrible city. But you know, yeah, um, um Arsenal, yeah. Sheffield United, uh, three-one victory to Arsenal. They'll bounce back. There's no way. I mean, if they don't, then you you gotta like question if Arteta like should stay. What is going on with my computer? Yeah. Um. I. I mean, like, as much as I want to pick Sheffield United to pull out a result, and they might. Um, it's not, it's not, it's yeah, not. I know. I just. I, I gotta. I want to say two nil, but. I don't think Arsenal are good enough to keep a clean sheet against Sheffield United. Um, I will go, what'd you say? 3-1? I guess I'll go 2-1 Arsenal. Um, And it's going to be real cagey. It's going to be a terrible match. Um, West Brom, Southampton. Unless uh, Southampton gets someone sent off, uh, I think think this will be hard for West Brom. West Brom aren't good. Um, They they played excellently against 10 men, but... um, I think Southampton will comfortably beat West Brom. I'll go 2-0 Southampton. I will go uh, a 1-1 draw. Um, yeah, that's it. West Brom are playing better. Southampton haven't been great. Um, Brighton-Everton. And Brighton-Everton, oh, big, well, not, yeah, kind of big game for Brighton, although they seem to have pulled away from the zone. Um See, yeah, we don't know how uh, Everton are going to bounce back from this uh, international break because they don't play till tomorrow. Um, I really don't know, Blake. My gut says Everton to win. I was going to go 1-1. Um, yeah, you saw me typing. I go, I'll go 2-1 oh, to Everton. I, I maybe Dominic Calvert-Lewin will sort of dominate. Dom, Dominic 8. Am I right? I will not give you any credit for that. Okay. Uh, that's yeah, no, you should. That's, uh, uh, that's pretty grim from me. But I guess those are our predictions. Okay. That's, I've gone for a lot of draws. Wow. One, two, three, four, four draws. Yeah, you're uh, guessing a return to bad match days. Uh, or match week. Match days, yeah. Okay. Um, Hopefully, I I get a few predictions going in my direction, and I can pull back this goal differential. Um, but to wrap up the podcast, I have five questions for you, Oscar. Say well. Exciting! I'm very excited. Uh, it's been a while, but you have a tremendous record of these. Uh, the twenty podcasts we've done, yeah, I would be willing to bet you've accurately guessed where. 16 of these 16, players are 16 out of 20 that's not bad i yeah i need to uh i need to dig up the uh i need to go through them all and just see what your record is um so this player uh 
He's another one who I, when I was a kid, I remember people talking about him as a wonder kid. Um, he started off, uh, you know, at whatever clubs um, in the lower leagues of the Netherlands uh, before joining Ajax. Uh, a big money move to Liverpool in 2007, uh, where he played for four years and over 100 appearances for Liverpool. Oh, wow. He then proceeded to bounce around the world, um, oh. going from Hoffenheim, Ajax, uh, Kasimpasa in Turkey, Turkey. Alain in uh, the UAE, Deportivo La Coruña yeah. uh, in Spain, Besiktas, wow. Fulham in 2019, oh. um, and then joined as a free agent to Galatasaray in Turkey. Um, but he's not there right now. Can you tell me where one Ryan Babel is? Oh, yes, I can. Ryan Babel, yeah, I mean... So yeah, Ryan Bobble, uh wait, what? He's permanently at Galatasaray, but he is not there right now. Yeah, he is. He was loaned to Ajax. Has he returned? Ah, uh, damn it. And he he's at Galatasaray right now. Um I know I only know this because of FIFA. And also, yeah, Ryan Bobble, yeah, he's a great player. He was on loan at Fulham for uh, during 2019 and uh, like he scored a few goals and like I swear every single one of them was like an absolutely disgusting goal. This is interesting because, I mean, he's one of probably the least. He was obviously a wonder kid, but he's had a great career. He's made a ton of appearances for the Netherlands. And I think he scored for the Netherlands in their 8-0 destruction of, I don't know, some Minnows team in World Cup qualifying. Um, yeah, Ryan Barbel, great player. I love him. But yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain he's at Galatasaray. Uh, he did go to Ajax last season, but I think he, he came back. I think it was like a, a little loan. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. He is at Galatasaray oh. right now. Yeah. Um, I'm so trying to remember. I remember him being really controversial when he was at Liverpool. But wasn't I don't really just, remember for what. Wasn't it just because, like, it wasn't just straight up just like he liked to dye his hair and just like stupid shit like that. Just like, you know, microaggressions like that where people are like, he's not concentrating enough like just because he's like a young like successful black guy like i i i yeah. can't remember really um i think he was there under rafa right and rafa he was just a, rafa's like low-key kind of a weird guy and was Super always disciplining weird. people um wasn't it wait wasn't it something like oh wasn't ryan barbell's one he he was like an early user of twitter and yeah, he was. Like he has a bunch, bunch of, of things. And uh, Benitez didn't like it. Wasn't it something like that? Yeah. So looking at his Wikipedia, he's disciplined a few times for like tweeting the lineups. Um, oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> before, like, before they were released, um, he was awesome. also he would do. Apparently, there were transfer talks between Liverpool and West Ham. Um, yeah, we almost got it. And he mm -hmm. he was flying back and forth uh, from Liverpool to uh, London um, in the now term to Babblecopter. Um, yep, which is hilarious. Um, is great. Yeah, and he promoted he promoted it with hashtag Babblecopter. Uh, 
He's so yeah. Shout out. Uh, famously a really good dude. Um, people speak very highly of Ryan Barbel. Um, how many appearances has he made for the Netherlands? Because isn't it like just tons? Sixty-eight for the yeah, national for on. the 68. senior team. That's amazing. That's a, that's amazing for an outfield for a winger. Like that's 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 really cool. Um, yeah. Now I, he's one of these players who like, he's had an uh, absolutely wonderful career, but right. Yeah. He's not everything he was hyped up to be. When oh he was yeah. No, Liverpool. I don't. I don't uh, disagree that he can go in this category of uh, wonder kids that didn't quite live up to their expectations. But yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the rest of this is sort of uh, relegation themed. Uh, you already kind of answered this uh, earlier in the podcast, but uh, do you consider Brighton to be relegation candidates? Uh, so I think they have pulled away. What? So we have eight games left now. They weren't dreadful against Man United. Um, they, they were good in the first half, fell off in the second. I think that, look, I think that it is a straight shootout between Newcastle and Fulham at this point. Um, as I've been saying, I think Brighton will, they just have to score more goals. And they already are. They're starting to score more goals. Um, they were underperforming their XG like to some deranged extent. So I, I guess I'll say no. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. You know, they have to concentrate for the next month. If they, if they, you know, if they play, if they're still clear in four games time, then you'd say, yeah, okay, they're out of it. But you never know. You never know. Okay. So I've got two Brighton questions to ask you now. Um, your favorite player, Lewis Dunk. Uh, when did he join Brighton and under what uh, circumstances? When did he join Brighton? Uh, hasn't he I'll been there in career? Yes, it was like he joined from like one seven. academy to another academy. Oh, okay. And what were the circumstances? I, I, I'm. Uh, Just guess a year that he joined Brighton. Okay. Um, in the academy. I will, uh, I will guess. I will guess. Two, two, uh, oh. How old is he? 29? Um, oh, two? So close. Oh, three. Oh. I was five years old, um, yeah. but he left the AFC Wimbledon Academy uh, oh, when they were liquidated and moved to Mil Milton Keynes. Huh. Well, uh, yeah, I just like randomly found that and I was like, that's, that's really interesting. interesting. Um, uh, wow. Yeah. An yeah. Another Brighton player, Eves Basuma. Eves Basuma. Uh, He's so he good, by the way. Love him. Started out his career at Majestic SC in Ooh. Mali. Oh, um, what Malian player played alongside him? Uh, they were in the academy together. They were in the academy together. What Malian player? Can you give me a hint? I, I feel like I'm missing out. I, I don't know. Yeah, he. Uh, there's about. A thousand professional footballers with this last name. One of the Sissokos. Um, no, not the Sissokos. Um, oh, it's about you've got a few of them. You've got a Lacina. You've got oh, a. Oh, Tri Triore. 
No, it no, wasn't Bertrand Triori, right? Uh, yep. It's one of the Triori's then. No? Yes. Adama, Adama Triore. But the other Adama Triore. Oh, wait, what? The Adama Triore that was the wonder kid for Monaco. Oh, that guy. He was like a striker. Oh, man. Um, he now plays for... He left Monaco in 2020, um, and he plays for Hatay Spor um, in Turkey. Um, but, I mean, like, I remember when Adama was both Adama Traore of Wolves and this Adama were young. Um, mm. And everyone's like, oh, one day we're going to have, like, two of the best players in the world, and they're both going to be named Adama Traore. Um, oh, interesting. But, interesting. and, I mean, Adama Traore is both of his parents. Like, the Wolves Adama is both of his He's parents are Malia. Yeah. He was um, born in uh, Hospitalidad in uh, Spain, I think. Yeah, I believe so as well. Um, yeah, I thought you were just going to be able to guess it just off the name, both being bad. Adama. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking... Uh, oh, well. Um, okay, uh, and then the final question is sort of not going to be about the uh, the Premier League. I want to ask you a, a championship cool. question. Oh, yes, I love the championship. Um, so, it's been great this season, as every like every season. Full stop, 100%. Norwich and Watford are going up. Um, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about that. Well, they have pulled away. Yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Uh, the I can, gap, I can... yeah. Nine-point gap. Uh, Nine-point gap. Brentford have a game. In, Brentford and Swansea have a game in hand. Um, but yeah, all right. We can, I guess we can say, uh, well, maybe not nailed on yet. Norwich, definitely, 100%. Watford, probably like 80%. But yes, sorry, keep going. Um, someone has something ridiculous, like four games in hand. Rather oh, yeah, down uh, in the bottom, him down at the bottom, yeah, because of COVID. Um, I think that's hilarious. Um, but uh, okay, so they're definitely coming up, uh, and then Brentford and uh, sorry, uh, da 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 da, yeah. Brentford is next most likely to go up, um, followed by Bournemouth, then Barnsley, then Swansea. Which of these six teams do you think will be promoted? Um, that's a great question. I think that, so Barnsley, so yeah, Bournemouth currently, they have a game in hand, but they're seventh right now, if I'm not mistaken. I think Reading are in sixth. Um, it's very, very close between uh, Barnsley, Reading, and Bournemouth. Um, I think they're all within like three points of each other. Um, if Bournemouth get into the top six, they will be a strong candidate, I reckon. Um, I think they're very defensively solid. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers has made his way into that team and is like balling out. Swansea, perennial bottlers, but they have they have this great team, Swansea. I think I would love to see, I would really, really love to see Brentford go up. I, I'm obsessed with Ivan Toby. Um, I would say, I guess, if they don't go up, maybe West Ham could get Ivan Tovey, uh, Tony, sorry, which uh, would make me so excited. Um, it would break my heart. I'm, I'm stalling here because, I mean, this is so hard to predict. Um, I don't think, I mean, Watford are sitting pretty, but I, I don't think they're out of it yet. They could go on a bad run of form. Uh, uh, Ben Foster has uh, been dropped 
by them, by the way, um, after like injuring himself and uh, they've got a younger goalie in now who's doing very well. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm going to have to make a decision. Who would be best in a playoff? I think Swansea will go far. But, ah, oh, Blake, I don't know. My heart says Brentford. My head says... I don't know why, but Bournemouth. If they get in, it says Bournemouth. That might be dumb, okay. but that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for. But that would mean that it's the three that got relegated would get promoted. Has that ever get happened back before? Up. It has to have. It, yeah, yeah. It must, it must rare, have happened. Though. It must be rare. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll spice it up and I'll go... I'll go... Oh, imagine if it Barnes Barnsley. I hope they don't because they will just. Get I hope they don't. They'd be ruined. They, so would Reading. Yeah. So just, I hope those two don't go up. I hope that they can, can like kick on from a good season in the championship. It would be a shame if they if they go up almost because well not a shame but it would ruin them as clubs. Okay, I'm really really stalling. I will go. I have no idea, but I'm just gonna go for Swansea City. Andre Ayer okay. to come back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a second part of the question. Oh, sorry. Um, that was so yeah, it, It's okay. So you said Swansea, yeah. Watford, and Norwich. Okay, Which yeah. of those teams, if any, have the quality to survive their first season back in the Premier League? Have the quality to survive? It's probably not. See, like, do you, like, you want to back can Norwich? You, because Norwich are incredibly well run. They have a great manager. But they were so rubbish in the league last season. Um, my, my, for some reason, my... It's so hard, Blake. It's so hard to predict. I think that if out of... Okay, what I can say is that out of those three, I think Swansea would struggle the most. I don't see Norwich finishing 20th again. Because they are legitimately a good team. Um, and they have a lot of money. And so I think, you know, their owners were very transparent saying we basically got promoted too soon and this was never the plan. Um, but they're going to bounce straight back up. So I think they will do a better job. Watford have like, they've retained so many of their Premier League players that if slash when they go up, I think they will probably be or like, I mean, they will probably, they will be in a relegation battle, but they'll have that now. Um, so if you're asking who's the most likely to stay up, for some reason my like gut goes says Watford. So I'll just I'll go with Watford. My gut also says Watford. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so hard to predict. Um it's the championship. So it's like it's the best you league can in never the world. Yeah, what definitely. A Such a I mean, it's just an astonishing league. And it's a terrifying one. That's why I really don't want Newcastle to get relegated because it's just like it'd just be disaster. Yeah. Okay. That wraps up episode 20 yes. of the Peak to Too Early podcast. Um, a fifth of the way to 100. I know. Um, this is, it's so great. I'm loving this. So um, yeah. I'm glad to be back. And we will be back next week. Yeah, we'll be back early next week sometime, depending on how things work out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But with that all said, follow us on Twitter at yeah. Peaked number two, two. early. Um, Follow Oscar at O-H-S-C-U-H. Follow me at B-M-U-N-S-H. Email the pod at peaked, the number two early podcast at gmail.com. Um, leave a review. Um, mm -hmm. And 
take care of yourself. Get yourself vaccinated if you can. Uh, yes. It's been so exciting. I'm like living life on top of a mountain right now. Yeah, it's great. And I'm only halfway vaccinated. So, yeah, yeah, do it. Okay, take care, Oscar. Take care, Blake. It's been wonderful, and I will speak to you soon. Bye bye. To you very soon. I'm standing. <laughs>